Welcome back once more as I now pick up the thread of this remarkable story. I must warn you, however, that all is not as it seems. Indeed, it never is. For strange things are about to happen. But I get ahead of myself by attempting to simplify things so early in the telling. Suffice it to say, you'll experience some disorientation as this tale unfolds, much the same as Woody experiences. In time, the contradictions you encounter will be explained to you, but you have no choice other than to find the answers to the mysteries presented along with Woody, for his journey is also one of confusion and revelation. You will come to realize the answers as he does. After all, Woody is living the story in real time, with no means of narrating to you what he himself cannot yet know. So be patient. The truth will ultimately be revealed to you. The Zone exerts a particularly strong pull on performing musicians. I know this to be true, for indeed, I have traveled to the Zone on countless occasions, each time amazed at what and whom I encounter there. Yes, I said traveled to as opposed to entered or visited. You're very perceptive to have noticed my choice of words, but I'll let Woody tell you in his own words what he is experiencing as he is living it. His story is indeed a fascinating one. Your presence here is testament to that, is it not? What awaits you might be considered by some to be disturbing. So consider yourself warned, much like the verbal disclaimer intoned on commercial breaks while you're watching movies on cable television, the content of this program may not be appropriate for all viewers and discretion is advised. I awoke early Saturday morning, not at all rested after only six hours of sleep, my dreams of Violetta's journey taking firm hold of my mind. Violetta, on the other hand, was a novice to the zone, and she was still overwhelmed by the recuperative and restorative sleep. She was wise not to tarry long in that place last night, knowing that we were scheduled to perform at the Ellicott Room once again this evening, that being but fourteen short hours from now. I opened my eyes to get my bearings, remembering placing a sleeping Violetta on the bed next to me, my left arm was still draped around her shoulder, her back to me. I lay there unmoving for several minutes, savoring the sweet smell of her auburn hair on my face and the slow pace of her breathing. I had no doubt that Violetta would want to talk at length about her journey last night. I also had no doubt that she would hold off on broaching the subject of being reunited there at long last with her parents for as long as she could, not wanting to break the magical spell she surely felt surrounding her. I gently untangled myself, careful not to wake her, and quietly padded off to the kitchen of the small apartment Lenny provided for her weekend gigs at the Ellicott Room. I brewed a fresh pot of cinnamon hazelnut coffee, my favorite, as I spent several hours just sitting, looking at the snow through the kitchen window, while Violetta slept the morning away. By the third pot of coffee, the cinnamon aroma must have accomplished what I didn't have the heart to do, for Violetta joined me at the small kitchen table, wearing my green flannel robe to keep her warm. She smiled at me, 
unable to hide the wonderment she must have felt deep down in her soul. Good morning, Woody, she whispered with a twinkle of emerald green eyes. It certainly is, I answered softly. She ambled over without need of invitation and sat next to me, nuzzling her head on my shoulder warmly. We sat there in complete silence for several minutes, feeling no need to do anything but snuggle and smell the coffee. Thank you, Woody, she eventually whispered in my ear. For what? I asked innocently, pulling my head back so I could see her eyes. For last night, she continued, I knew what was about to happen, and I knew that you knew why I had saved lush life for our last song of the evening, but communicating with my parents was the most wonderful and beautiful thing that has ever happened to me. Aside from meeting you, that is, she half-joked lightly. It was quite a ride, wasn't it? I chuckled. It certainly was, Woody. Another long silence overtook the moment until I interrupted it eagerly. Are you hungry, Violetta? I could eat a horse, Woody. I thought so, I said, knowing exactly how she felt after an exhausting journey to the zone. What do you say we have a final cup of coffee here, then go out for a late lunch before heading over to the club? Sounds good to me, she offered, getting up to pour us each that last cup. After only a few forced gulps, Violetta shuffled off to the bathroom to shower, leaving me to enjoy the flavored coffee that she obviously didn't care for. I, on the other hand, reveled in each swallow. Within minutes, I felt her presence behind me without even hearing her re-enter the room, turning around quickly to see her standing there wrapped in a towel. I felt my face heat up and turn beet red, and gave Violetta a resigned look of embarrassment, shrugging my shoulders for want of anything else to do, whereupon she silently retreated to the bedroom. Soon enough, she was back in the kitchen, squeaky clean, fully dressed and ready to go. I took that as my cue to follow her lead, and showered as quickly as she had, toweling off with little regard for the droplets of water left untouched when I threw my jeans and sweatshirt on. While I was in the bathroom, Violetta cleaned up the kitchen, leaving it immaculate in a way that I never could have or would have, though I knew I should have. We threw our heavy coats on, locked the door, and walked down the front stairs, bracing ourselves for the cold winter wind that would surely sting our faces as we hopped in my car before I thought to utter a word. Where are we going? I asked more to break the uncomfortable silence than wanted to know our destination. I know this little place downtown called the Toad Lagoon, she told me as I started the car. They have the best oat pancakes you've ever tasted, Woody. They make them with a special buttermilk batter and load them up with nuts and raisins with a shake of confectioner sugar on top. Add a little butter and a lot of maple syrup and you'll feel full for a week, she promised. Arriving at the Toad Lagoon at about three o'clock was a good thing. Had we showed up during lunch or dinner, we would have had to wait at least an hour for a table. But our timing was perfect, for we had our choice of empty booths. We threw our coats over the metal coat rack next to the door and sat down without need of looking at the menu, for she had already decided what we would order. Hi, Violetta, the waiter said with a smile and a wink as he approached our table. 
I haven't seen you in a while. Been on the road again? Hey, Brian, she answered in return, once again blushing mightily, though she certainly had no reason to. Yeah, as a matter of fact, I have. Just got back last night. Not wanting me to feel left out, Violetta took my hand in hers and made the required introductions. Brian, I'd like you to meet Woody. Woody, meet Brian. We exchanged polite smiles before Brian left with our double order of oat pancakes, heavy on the maple syrup, light on the butter. Brian? I asked coyly, one eyebrow raised, as if expecting a tell-all true confession. Please, she blushed. Brian and I have been friends ever since I started coming here for breakfast after my shows at the Ellicott Room, she said as innocently as possible. Honest, Woody, she pleaded in a final attempt to put my tease to rest. With that, Violetta and I spent the next hour devouring our oat pancakes and enjoying the kind of coffee that puts hair on your chest. Every now and then, I caught a glimpse of Brian out of the corner of my eye, watching our every move, smiling at Violetta whenever he thought I wouldn't notice his attention. Or maybe he wanted me to notice. I can't be sure if Violetta noticed, but knowing women as I now do, I wouldn't be surprised if she had logged every glance in her mental notebook. The longer we sat and talked after our oat pancakes and coffee, the more uncomfortable I became. The hour was growing late, and I knew there could be nothing worse than arriving late for any gig, let alone this one, not having adequate time to mentally prepare for the kind of performance we both wanted to deliver. All at once, Violetta took my hand in hers from across the table, drawing the conversation on for far too long. Woody, do you think, I mean, would you mind if I saved Lush Life to close out our show again tonight? I knew this moment would come sooner or later. Sensing her angst, I stared directly into her eyes as I answered as patiently as possible, careful not to add to the stress she was putting upon herself. Violetta, I don't mind at all. I know what a wonderful experience it was for you. I just don't want you to be disappointed if it doesn't happen again so easily and so soon after last night, I cautioned, attempting to prevent her from setting herself up for the kind of failure that could surely devastate her soul. Her eyes lowered from my stare as she spoke. I realized that she was actually stalling, not wanting or perhaps afraid to leave. This began to cause me more than a little nervousness, for we were already cutting it pretty tight before our 7.30 showtime. Torn between my own task-oriented inner clock and my efforts not to cause her any more discomfort, I relented to the conversation at hand, hoping we could still make it to the elegant room with time to spare. I know, Woody, you're right, she continued. It's all I can do not to pray that I journey there tonight I just want so desperately to communicate with my parents again. All these years, I knew they were looking for me, but just didn't know how to contact me. Since meeting you and performing with you, it's like a dream come true, Woody, Violetta confided softly. Truly a dream, I agreed, realizing that I had to grab the bull by the horns and get us out of here at once, lest we miss our show entirely. 
With that thought uppermost in my mind, I gently removed my hand from her grasp, slid out of the booth and stood, indicating it was time to leave. As if on cue, Brian approached, handed me the check, and turned to Violetta with his parting words. I hope I see you again soon, Violetta, he smiled mischievously. Oh, you'll see both of us real soon, Brian, she answered without hesitation, realizing she needed to nip this little game in the bud. Nice meeting you, Woody, Brian said without much conviction, but at least politely. You too, Brian, I responded as Violetta got up from the booth, cane in hand. I didn't dare look back as we walked out the door, certain I would see Brian watching us through the large front windows of the restaurant. I threw my arm around Violetta's shoulder to keep her warm in the cold air. She leaned into me easily, and we shuffled our way to the car. Heavy, wet snowflakes were beginning to descend, visible in the streetlights, showering the sidewalk with the warm glow of a winter evening. I sighed loudly, smiling at the same time. Just friends, huh? I joked as I flung my arm around her waist. Yep, just friends, she repeated. I opened the car door for her and she smiled. I winked down at her, closed her door, and walked around to the driver's side. To my surprise, the door was locked when I reached to open it. I knew I hadn't locked it. I peeked through the closed window to see Violetta smiling teasingly before she finally leaned over and unlocked the door she had just locked while I was walking around the car. Oh, Violetta, I swooned mockingly. I can see this is going to be a fun evening. <laughs>